Last week I was um, in New Jersey and I was reminded of the fact that I am an inheritor of a great spiritual legacy and a great spiritual heritage. My, my mom was the most prayerful, committed Christian I've ever seen. And she always prayed for us. And I was reminded in that moment that the life that I live is a result of God answering her prayers. I am a benefactor of her relationship with God. I carry a legacy to this day because of what her life was like. And as we remember the the gospel today, what I'd like to suggest to you is that we are a part of a great spiritual family. And we are a part of a great story. And as a result of that, we benefit from the lives of those that have walked with God, that have had encounters with God, that have had communication with God. And we're sitting in this room because of the lives of others. We're not meant to live life alone. We are a part of a great spiritual family. And today I just want to focus on three reasons why the gospel is really good news. The word gospel actually means good news. And I want to proclaim that to you today because I think everyone here needs to hear a little bit of good news. (laughs) Amen to that. So I'm just going to jump in with the first point. The gospel is, is good news but it's not new news. It, very often when you turn on your television or you flip on your mobile device, you'll see breaking news or this just in. <laughs> and we usually respond certain ways to that. But the gospel, as we're going to look at it today, it's not new news. In Romans chapter 1, when, when Paul begins this letter talking about the gospel, he says that the gospel was promised beforehand by God through his prophets. So the gospel is something that's been echoed throughout human history. God has been communicating good news throughout the history of the world. As I observe the the culture that we're in and the times that we're in. I'm very intrigued with the way people respond to news in general. If you have a social media account, if you observe social media, you will see how people respond to news. How they respond to what they hear. And as I thought about this, I I ask myself a question, how do I respond to the good news? What happens on the inside of me when I am reminded of the good news of Jesus? What does it do to me? Am I desensitized? Am I asleep? Does it awaken a a joy or a gladness inside of me? Or is it just one more statement on a social media feed? Can I just scroll past the good news and look for gooder news, if gooder is even a word? Hmm. I think the way that we respond to news is determined by how much the news impacts us. 
how much it touches us, how close it is to us. And the gospel isn't new news. And one example of that is Psalm 122, and this is where I'm going to spend a little bit of time. And I love this, this chapter. I love this psalm. Usually if you read your Bibles, you'll see at the beginning of the psalms, there's like a heading. And in this particular psalm, it says a song of ascents or a song of degrees in some translations. But I want to read the first verse, and then we're going to jump off from there. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, a song of ascents or a song of degrees, as the heading shows, means that this is one of the psalms that a group of people would recite or sing or chant as they journeyed to a place of joyous celebration and feasting. As the nation grew larger and larger, people were moving further and further away from the central place of worship where, where God dwelt. So several times a year, they would gather their families together and they would journey to go and worship and celebrate and have a time of feasting. And as they would go, they would sing certain songs. They would, they would say certain things as they would prepare for this moment. And one of the things they would say is, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. My second point here is something I've heard from Alan Platt. It is, the gospel is good news because it includes us. The gospel is good news because it includes us. Now, this psalm was written by David, and David writes this song from a place of history. He knows what it's like to be glad to hear good news. He knows what it's like to hear that a way has been made for him to have a deeper relationship with God. Why is that the case? David was the first in his, in his lineage to enter into a communal communion with God. This wasn't possible for David's family. And here's a brief history lesson, and you can read this in Genesis chapter 38. But there was a man named Judah. He was one of the sons of Jacob. And Judah had three sons, and he lost two of them to tragic circumstances. So he was in a time of mourning and grief over the loss of his sons. But he was a man who knew that he needed to have a legacy. He needed to move things forward. He needed to have a lineage. But through a series of events, Judah found himself in a relationship with one of his sons who had passed away, his wife. And this was a tragic consequence of his actions. And here's why. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 2, this is what happens because of what Judah did. It says, No one born of a forbidden marriage, nor any of their descendants, may enter into the assembly of the Lord, not even in the tenth generation. 
In other words, because of one man's action, future generations were impacted. Judah's children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren to the 10th generation, according to the law, were barred from having a communal celebrating time with God and his people. So as you go down from one generation to the next, when you get to number 10, it is a man by the name of David. David wasn't looking for this. David didn't know what it was like to be in the presence of God dancing with the nation. But there was one day when someone said to David, let's go to the house of the Lord. Imagine his excitement that for the first time in his lineage, someone was able to step into the presence of God with other people and celebrate what God had done to save and deliver his people. Imagine being the first in your family to graduate high school, how that feels. The first in your family to graduate college, how that feels. What that means to you, how it moves you. That's good news. That you are the first that would open a door that those who follow you would benefit. David said, I was glad when they said to me, everyone needs a they in their lives. Everyone needs a group of people that can rally you on, that can tell you you can do it. Let's do this together. You're not alone. I stand with you. I stand for you. We're going to do this together. Let's go. Everyone needs a they that can speak into our lives in moments of, of, of crisis, of moments of disillusion, that can come alongside of us and say, come on, let's do this together. I was glad when they said to me, people saw him. He might have been in a corner. He might not have come to church for three weeks. But someone saw him. Someone sent him a text or an email and said, hey, let's go. Let's do this together. I was glad when they said to me, let us go. The gospel is good news because it includes us. It includes us. We are a part of it. We are inheritors of this good news. One of the greatest needs of the human heart is to know that we belong. To know that we are a part of something. I'm reading this quote that said, the greatest tragedy for the atheist is, is that he has no one to thank. Now, I'm sure as, as David and as these families were journeying to this place of feasting and celebration, this is why, by the way, David is always dancing. David, when you read the story of David in the Old Testament, the first part of God's story, he's always dancing, celebrating. This is why. Because he knows what it's like to not be in the presence of God. So imagine as, as the families, they are bringing their children on their backs and they are going to the place of worship and they're saying, wow, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I'm sure that these families had problems. I'm sure that might have been something going on in the economy of the day. Maybe things weren't going that well in the family. 
But the problems did not stop them from accepting an invitation to be with God. Their problems did not stop them from accepting an invitation to be with God. There is something about persistence and perseverance. There is something about saying, times may be hard, yes. I may be going through a challenge, yes. But I'm being invited to be with God, and I'm not going to pass that up. I'm not going to lose that chance. This may be my moment. This may be my day. This may be my month. I'm being invited. I'm being included into some good news. I am going. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord was was where a sacrifice and worship took place. But it was also a place of celebration. You see, God's meeting place is also his feasting place. The place where God meets us is the place where God feasts with us. It is a place of celebration. And Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 14. Starting at verse 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now, Jesus is far greater than David. Now, David was the first to enter into this place of celebratory feasting, and his families benefited from that. But Jesus, what he has done, benefits not just one family, but every family. He has made a way where there was no way. He goes to prepare a place for us in the house of the Lord that where he is, We may be also, which is my third point here. The gospel is good news because it invites us to commune with God, our creator and father. The gospel isn't just a first grade Sunday school lesson for our kids. The gospel isn't just some some entry level exam that you pass and then you can go on into some deeper revelation. The gospel is the deeper revelation of God. We stand in the gospel. We are surrounded by the gospel. The good news of Jesus is not something we run beyond. It's something we run deeper into. Every day we need to be reminded of the good news of God, especially in our climate. We need to know that there is something far-reaching There's something far more expansive than what we see on our TV or our mobile devices. There has to be something more than what's happening in D.C. or in Iran or Syria. There has to be something more than that. The gospel, the good news is that the God who made the world is rescuing and changing the world through Jesus. Jesus has finished the work required for our saving by dying on a cross. And when he was raised from the dead, it ensured 
that everything that is wrong with the world and in the world will be made right. Because God raised Jesus from the dead. That was the pivot point. That changed the game. It changed everything. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, he can and will do what it takes to save and rescue the world. Amen to that. Amen to that. And we are invited to participate and get in on that process through faith, through believing. Would you believe me if I told you that you have a part to play in the rescue of the world? Would you believe me if I told you that you are included in seeing the world changed? Now, you may be in a miserable job. Maybe you have a lot of kids at home. Maybe you're overwhelmed with life. But I want you to know that the good news is for you. It's for me. It's for us. Because the God who created the world is changing the world through Jesus, and he's inviting us to be a part of that plan. We have to believe the good news. We have to believe, in fact, that it was done. It was finished. God did what it took in Jesus to save, to deliver. And when he raised him from the dead, it changed everything. If Christ is not risen, then our faith is in vain. I remember the song we used to sing when, when, when I was coming up. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I'm going back now. Because he lives, because he lives, I'm so glad that Jesus died on a cross to save my sins, to save me from my sins, that his blood was spilt to purchase redemption for me. But I am also glad that he lives. And communion is a meal with a message. It is an invitation to remember and participate in God's story. When Jesus had the Last Supper with his students, his disciples, it wasn't just for them to just have a meal. It was to let them know that they are a part of a great story. That as they sat with him in this Passover meal, that they were included in God's deliverance for mankind. And it was to be a moment for them to remember that God didn't just save the world in Exodus, but he is saving the world now through Jesus, through him and what he's done. Thomas Merton has this quote that I love. He says, the deepest level of communication is not verbal communication, but communion. It is wordless, it is beyond words, and it is beyond speech and beyond concept. There's something that happens when we gather around a table to remember what God has done through Jesus. The gospel is simple, but it has profound depth and implications. There's something about us gathering together as a spiritual family across the ages to celebrate the victory that God has won through Jesus. Now, they... That might seem far for you. That may seem somewhere in the distance. It may be words on a page. 
But allow me to tell you that the good news of Jesus is for all of us today. When Jesus rose from the dead, it has impacted the entire world, even to this very moment. That every time this good news is preached, it is an invitation to people, to every culture. It is an invitation to step into this renovation plan that we can now play a part. We believe what God has done, and now we play a part in what he's doing. Ruby Sales, a civil rights leader in the 60s, has a quote that I love. She says that a healthy theology has foresight, insight, and hindsight. A healthy understanding of God takes into the equation what he's done, what he's doing, and also what he will do. And the gospel covers all those bases. The good news is about what Jesus has done what he has accomplished. It is also about us being invited into the present moment to extend that message and that plan. But it also reminds us of what still awaits us to come. Sometimes it is the future that helps us deal with the present. Sometimes it's knowing what is to come that gives us perseverance and strength to go another day, to move on, to take another blow. Sometimes it's that. Knowing that we are currently seated with him in heavenly places, but there will be a great day where we will be seated with him and the entire family of faith to say glory to the Lamb of God that was slain. Glory to the one who was and is and is to come. Regardless of skin color, regardless of what time you were born in, there will be a time. The good news includes that Jesus is returning. He is coming back. He doesn't just serve two terms in the office and then he's gone. That's not our king. That's not our king. He is a priest forever. He is a king forever. And he is one who who rules justly. He's not a corrupt politician. He does things that are right and he saves to the uttermost. That's our Jesus. That's our Jesus. Oh, I love him. Communion. As the elements are being passed, we're going to share this moment together to remember what Jesus has done, to remember a part of our story. This is our story. This is our story. This is a part of our spiritual heritage and lineage. One of the beautiful things about the the Last Supper meal was that when the disciples sat there with Jesus, it was as if they were sitting on the other side of the Red Sea. That what happened in Israel was happening to them. That they were being saved. And as we take communion together, we are being reminded that we are a part 
of a larger story. That there is something that happened in the past that informs our present and that dictates our future. It is so important for us to have moments to slow down and to remember this good news. Life can be so fast-paced. Life can hit us so many different ways. But we need moments to remember. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is talking to one of the students. And he says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, as preached through my gospel. Remember, one of the greatest treasures that God has given us is the capacity to remember. It is the wherewithal to be able to reflect. Thank you. Thank you. nothing can hold him back from loving you and pursuing you and saving you.
preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. But it seems to me, based on what we just read, that as we take and eat and remember, we are preaching the gospel. articulate or make sense out of and you're saying yeah I believe that good news I believe that we're going to have team members in the front to pray with you and for you just tell them I just believe the good news for the first time and we want to pray for you and invite you into the family maybe you have believed the good news but you needed to hear it again and you just want to receive prayer today. For whatever reason, we want to pray with you and for you. We also believe that Jesus heals. By his stripes, we can be physically healed. You see, the saving that the gospel communicates is not just for our spirits or our souls. It's for our bodies. Salvation is holistic. It takes into account all that makes us human. So maybe you want to believe the good news again because you have an ailment. We want to pray for healing in Jesus' name. We may not have much, but what we have we'll give to you. And that's our faith in Jesus, that you can be physically healed. So if that's you, you can come to this part of the stage, my right, your left, to receive physical healing.
So if you want to believe the good news for the first time, come to the front. If you want to just be prayed for, come to the front. If you want to be healed, come to the front. And we'll pray for you. So as you're exiting, please take into account people are coming for ministry. Exit quietly. Don't forget to support our youth in the lobby with the car wash. God bless you all. Remember the good news. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your week. Be blessed in Jesus' name.